Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. Opening day is Thursday night for the Dodgers taking on the Diamondbacks at home at Dodger Stadium. And this is our season predictions and hot takes episode of Inside the Ravine, a Dodgers podcast presented by Odyssey Sports. How's it going, everyone? Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris with you as always. Uh, Blake, opening day is right around the corner. How's everything going with you? Yeah, we've known that opening day has been March 30th for like six or seven months, Josh, but yet we've somehow managed to pile together maybe like three or four episodes worth of content into one because we have these bold predictions and hot takes we're going to get to. And then literally right before the show started, it's like, eh, maybe we could throw in some record predictions, some season predictions. <laughs> I guess we can throw in some like predictions from players as well, maybe some breakout players. Why don't we just throw it all into one episode two days before? So I'm, ac- I'm actually really excited for this episode because uh, anytime you're talking about hot takes and bold predictions, it's always a fun time because you could literally say whatever you want, but there is the chance that it actually happens and you look like a genius. And then you can also make a hot take or a bold prediction and you look really dumb. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say. We have a lot of hot takes and bold predictions from our fans as well. So we have a fully jam-packed show that I'm glad I can actually sit back and let you take the reins over on this one. Yeah, and you know what? Like you, like you just mentioned, Blake, we asked and the fans answered with some of their hot takes for the season. Um, so I'm excited to get into those. Uh, before we get going, remember that you can follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Inside the Ravine. You can follow Blake on Twitter at Blake H. Harris and myself at Josh Schaefer25. Um, okay, so the way that these hot takes are going to work as we get the show started, um, Blake's going to give one, then I'll give one. And then we'll go to the fans and get a fan prediction. And after each one, we will give we will rate each one on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest likelihood we see that happening, and 1 being the lowest likelihood, meaning that's the hottest take we've ever heard in the history of mankind. Right? Yeah, we should have done like a uh, 
look up like the Taco Bell sauces. Like what's the hottest, like the caliente one or something, or this is like the mild, or this one's like the extra hot. I don't, I don't know, like what kind of levels of sauces they have, but yeah, the hottest of takes is going to be at the very bottom. But if we think it happens, we will, uh, we'll give it a ten. And Josh, it's also one thing I just want to throw out there. We tweeted yesterday about saying, "Hey, send us your hot takes. We want to hear what your bowl predictions are." And we had over ninety replies. So having to go through all those and pick out only seven or eight was really tough because a lot of people also had the same hot takes and bowl predictions. Something that we we might go through in the show. So if uh, you had a hot take or bowl prediction that didn't quite make the cut, blame Josh. Yes, blame me. All right, Blake. So let's get this going. Let me hear your first hot take for this twenty twenty three season. All right, so I want to start off with a uh, hot take, and it's not necessarily going to reach the Caliente scale, Josh, because I think the Dodgers finish the season with more than 100 wins. And the reason why I don't think it's necessarily that hot of a take is because I think as of right now, their projected win total is, I think, depending on where you look, like 96 and a half. So it's not like they're projected to win 85 games and they just completely go over that mark. They're still projected to be fairly close. But this is a Dodgers team. Obviously, they won 111 games last season. They're not going to replicate that. They did lose a lot of talent. But I still think this is going to be a really good Dodgers team in 2023. So I think they still win 100 games. Now, Josh, another reason why it's not as outlandish as you may think, because this is the Dodgers team won 111 last year, won 106 the year before. Obviously, the year before that was the COVID-shortened season, but they were on pace to win, I think, like 117, 118 games that year. And then the year before that, they won 106 games. So, honestly, you have to go back to 2018 to find a Dodgers team that didn't win 100 games. And in 2017, they also won 100 as well. So, literally, since 2016, the Dodgers have failed to reach 100 wins just once. So, Again, they're very they're going to be very close, but I think this is the Dodgers team that reaches that 100-win mark. Yeah, I mean, I think that this is it, – it's fun because, you know, you make your predictions and then you kind of see what other people have, which is why I'm, you know, interested to see what you and I are going to come up with. I do think that you and I see the Dodgers in a lot of the same ways, so I, I'm wondering how different some of our hot takes are going to be. Um, but I mean, you look at what other people are saying about the Dodgers this year and you've act and people are acting like they've traded their entire starting lineup in return for nothing. And we've talked about that before too. I mean, this is still a team that has Mookie Betts, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy before you even go out and add anybody else either. So they're going to score runs. Um, that doesn't even mention the pitching staff. So they're going to win a lot of games. Um, I'll get into what my prediction is for, for their overall record, uh, in a little bit, um, I'm going to go right in the middle with yours, Blake. I'm going to give it a five for overall that's, likelihood of it happening because I could see that's it. That's fair. I could see it. Um, I think personally I have just under 100, but I think it's very close. And I think that the, I don't know, the Dodgers have not nest the Dodgers have been dealt a bad hand when it comes to the injuries. But in terms of the lineup they're going to put out there on opening day, I yeah. think that that's a lineup that is still one of the best in baseball. And, yeah. and I, I don't want to say too much because I think that does, that could give away some of my other things um, yeah. that I want to bring up, but um, yeah, I'll give it a five. Yeah. I just want to say there, when I was going through uh, all like the hot takes and everything, Josh, one quick thing is there, there are a bunch of doomsday people out there that are preparing for the apocalypse that have the basement loaded because people were saying third in the division, they don't even make the wild card. Like there are people that think this team misses the playoffs. So like I said, people are expecting an awful season from the Dodgers, but not me, Josh. Not me. No, 
Not me either. Um, I'm going to go, this will be a little bit of a teaser for another thing that we're going to talk about after our break in a little bit. But my first prediction, the Dodgers have six players hit more than 20 home runs this year. And I'm going to give you these specific players I'm talking about. If okay. it's more than six, that's great. I'm wrong, though. If, if there's six exactly, but it's not these six, I will gladly say that I'm wrong. And you can clip this and save it from the Dodgers have 20, every single player in the lineup hits more than 20. I will, I will still claim to be incorrect. The six players that I have hitting more than 20 home runs this season. Number one, Mookie Betts. That's an easy one. He hit 35 last year. Number two, Will Smith. Easy. He hit 24 last year, and I think he's going to hit more this year. Number three, Freddie Freeman. A down year in terms of home run hitting but he hit 21 last year. And at the beginning of the season, everyone's like, Freddie Freeman's slumping a little bit because he had a higher strikeout rate. He had a lower home run rate. And he still he still hit well over 300 last year and had a phenomenal season. He hit 21 last year. I'm saying he obliterates that this year. Max Muncy hit 21 in a down season. He can hit more than 21. Trace Thompson hit 13 home runs last year for the Dodgers in 74 games. He's on the opening day roster this year. And I think that he is primed for more than 13, I'll say. But I think he hits more than 20 as well. And J.D. Martinez hit 16 last year. He also, if he was on the Dodgers roster last year, um, even if you go back and you look at the Dodgers stats from a year ago and kind of put everybody in context with what the lineup could look like this year, he still played significantly fewer games than a lot of other guys in the lineup last year. And I think 16 is a number that he's going to blow out of the water this year in a new setup, in a new ballpark. Um, and, uh, and I think that J.D. Martinez, who has a history of hitting uh, – a lot of home runs at Dodger Stadium is going to blow away 16 home runs this year. So Mookie, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, Max Muncy, Trace Thompson, and J.D. Martinez are the six Dodgers I have hitting more than 20 home runs this season. I, I like it. Now, when you started off and you said six, I was like, man, we're about to have the same uh, hot take because I do have a hot take later on that requires six Dodger players, but it's for something else. I'm going to give that an eight. And the only reason I don't want to give it a 10 is because I think the only one that's going to be interesting to follow is Trace Thompson. And it's strictly because of playing time. I don't know if he's going to have enough at-bats to reach 20. Obviously, like you said, he had 13 in like 70 games, so he was on pace to do it over a full season. So if not Trace, I, I do think that other players can reach that number. I think James Outman, if he gets enough at-bats, he could reach that number. Miguel Vargas, he seems like a guy that could potentially reach that number. So I, I like the six players overall, and I like that you pretty much took a accountability listen if six dodger players hits 20 home runs but not all six of the names i mentioned are those guys i'm going to consider this a loss so major props yeah. to you so I, I like it a lot i think all those guys barring injury should reach 20 but trace thompson is the one where i'm like it's going to be tough for him to get there but i i could see a, a season in which trace hits 20 that's what makes it that's what turns up the heat a little bit i could have left it on a little simmer and kept it at five but i wanted to hit six and i wanted it to be i wanted it to be trace thompson I like it. I like it, Josh. So why don't you uh, read off uh, one from one of our uh, one of our followers? All right. So we've got um, our guy Seamus Hunt is coming in um, with a couple of them here. So we're going to read a few of them, um, and we'll kind of lump all of his together. And again, we're going to give this a rating of one out of ten, ten being the the highest likelihood. Number one, Freddie Freeman takes home the NL MVP award for the second time in his career. I'll give that like a seven. I could see it happen. I mean, he was pretty close last year. I mean, you can make the case he deserved it last season, so I'll give that one a 7. Yeah, I'll give that a 7 as well because I think the likelihood is there. I, I personally, I think Freddie's there if he, 
you know, if you look at his average and his OPS and his OPS plus and all that, and if you take all of that from last year and then add some home runs onto it, I think he's right there. Um, so I'll give it a seven as well. Number two, uh, Julio Urias takes home the first Cy Young in what may be his last season as a Dodger. I'll go with probably seven as well because, again, he was right in the conversation all last season. He's been in the conversation the last couple of years. So I think Julio, I, I think he's going to be, you can make the case, a top five finisher, assuming he stays healthy. So, yeah, I think seven is fair. Maybe we'll go up a little higher and do 7.5. I'm going to stick with seven, but I'm going to go a little bit higher and say that he finishes top three in NL Cy Young voting. I was looking at some odds in one place. I looked at this this morning. This is Tuesday morning we're talking about, two days before opening night. And he had the 12th best odds to win the NL Cy Young, which I think is insane. Because, again, we talked about this last year, and you and I both made the argument that he should win the Cy Young last year. Um, and he's been the Dodgers' most consistent pitcher these last few years. Um, we talked about this on the last show as well. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to give it a 7 just because I think that it's possible. But I'll say he finishes at least top three in Cy Young voting. Uh, and then our final prediction from Seamus Hunt is Mookie excels in his second base performances if he does, in fact, get placed at second base long term. I'm I'm going to go with nine just because it looks like Mookie is going to be playing a lot more at second base this season. And what we saw in the spring, he looked pretty good. So if they're throwing Mookie out there once or twice a week, I think he's going to thrive out there. And again, it's his natural position. That's the position he came up playing. So uh, I, I think if he's playing second base, Mookie, he, he's going to look fantastic. I'm not saying he's going to be a gold glove caliber second baseman, but uh, he's going to be above average compared to some of the options the Dodgers have thrown out there in recent years with like Trey Turner and Max Muncy playing second base. Yeah, combining what what you know your analysis on this prediction and and Sheamus's actual prediction here, I'm giving it a ten. I'm going to I'm going to jump on board and say that he excels at second base. Is he going to be you know a Gold Glove caliber second baseman? I don't know, but I don't think he needs to do that for me to consider that consider it um, him excelling at second base. So um, I like it. I think it's going to be a very seamless transition for him, and uh, I'll go with a ten. It's my, that's probably my first and only 10 I'm, I'm going to give out today. Unless you I just like wow it. me, Blake. So I think I will wow you. <laughs> All right, All right so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to my next, uh, my next hot take, my next bold prediction. And it's kind of two lumped into one, but the main one is going to be that there is going to be a Dodgers player. I don't want to predict it just yet, but there's going to be a Dodgers player, Josh, that wins Rookie of the Year in 2023. Wow. And I'm going to add on to that, that there are going to be three Dodgers players that finish inside top five of voting at the end of the year. So again, I'm not making any prediction <laughs> on who exactly it is. I'm leaving it open to discussion, but I think the Dodgers have a rookie of the year winner, and I think they have three guys finish inside top five of voting. So you're not just saying that someone's going to be considered for it. You're saying that this person will win it. Yes. And there's going right. to be two others that are being considered as well. The only issue is, Josh, I, I think three out of five – is has a more likely chance of happening because I think there are going to be so many Dodger rookies that are going to be getting votes and taking votes away from other guys where it actually could benefit someone on a different team. But between all the guys that we've talked about all offseason, likely being contributors all season for the Dodgers, I, I think there are going to be a number of guys that uh, finish high in rookie of the year voting. You know what? I'm going to give that a five, and the only reason why I'm going down the middle is because... I don't see both of those things happening. I see one, 
I think that the likelihood is three out of five. I don't know about winning though, or vice versa. Like if someone's gonna, if somebody on the Dodgers runs away with it and wins Rookie of the Year, for me that means that there's one guy that's in there and not three. So I'm gonna go five. I like the prediction, and now I'm trying to think if you had somebody in mind, and if so, who do I have in mind to do it? Well, I, w- I will say if you wanted to, I-, I have one where if I had to put money on it, who the winner would be. I, I do have an answer, so I want to see if... I'll let you go first to see if it's the same as me, because I, I think there is a, a clear favorite. For me, my first thought, probably because you just brought this guy up, was James Outman. But again, I don't know what his at-bat numbers are going to look like and how much, or how many games a week he's going to get, for example. I will change my answer, lock it into Miguel Vargas. Well, it's a good thing you changed because, yeah, I have Miguel Vargas as probably the favorite if he's going to win. But I, I do think I, we're going to talk about guys who I think are going to be getting votes that might finish inside the top five. James Alman, I think he's going to be in there. I still think Gavin Stone makes his debut a lot earlier than people expect. And I, I think he's going to find himself getting a number of votes. And I think Ryan Pepio, depending on this Tony Gonsolin injury and depending on how Noah Syndergaard's able to continue this season, he's looked pretty bad this spring. Maybe Ryan Pepio finds himself in the rotation for a longer period of time. So I think there's a chance he's able to receive votes as well. And Josh, in the back burner, like very deep, like you have to open up the bag. You're going through things like it's very hectic. You're trying to find at, you know, what you're looking for at the bottom of the backpack. And that is Michael Bush. If the Dodgers do call him up at some point, because I do think, I mean, Josh, I don't know if you saw my tweet on this the other day, and this is something that I feel like a lot of people didn't really realize as the season or as the uh, spring training preseason was going on. Uh, Michael Bush finishes spring training with the second highest OPS on the team, right behind, right behind Freddie Freeman. So, Michael Bush was raking this spring. Now, we've talked about him more than any other player this entire offseason, but if there's an injury, if something happens, if Michael Bush needs to see consistent playing time, he has proven in the minors that he could put up monster numbers. So, if he comes up and he hits 20 home runs or something like that, I think he could be in the running as well. So, And I'd also, I also did all this while he, without even mentioning Bobby Miller, who could potentially yeah. come up at some point this yeah. season as well. So, that's why I'm not giving my actual name predictions. I'm just saying... Three of five, because there are a number of guys that can win this uh, bold prediction for me. Yeah, I'm going to go with Miguel Vargas on that one. Um, I plead the fifth about Ryan Pepio, because that's a conversation I'm going to start later. Um, and yeah, um, Michael Bush, uh, this is the last thing I'll say on, on Mike before the end of this episode. Um, kind of going off of what you just said, I think if there's an injury and you need somebody, I think Michael Bush at this point, without having made his major league debut, is a guy that I think the Dodgers can rely on to just go in and play baseball at this point. So there's not going to be the talk of like, oh, here comes James Outman. What should we expect? Or like, oh, here comes Miguel Vargas. What should we expect like we did last year? I think it's like, all right, here's Michael Bush. He's going to play second base for the Dodgers these next couple weeks if somebody gets hurt, you know, something like that. Um, and obviously I hope that's not the case because I don't want anybody to get hurt, but I think that's kind of where Mike's at, especially with the way that he ended spring training this year. Um, my next prediction here, Blake, I'm wondering which one I want to go to. Um, I'm going to go, I just went with the home runs. Next one. The Dodgers play the San Diego Padres 13 times this season, and they will win the season series against the Padres. I'm going to hold my predictions for where they end up in the division and what happens in the playoffs and whether or not one of those teams could win the World Series. But regardless of all of those things, I think the Dodgers win the season series against the Padres. And 
part of the reason I think that is, I mean, you look at their head to head the last 10 years and it's the last five years and it's gross. You look at what it was last year, disgusting. And then obviously the playoff series was something different. A lot of things, pretty much everything that could have gone wrong for the Dodgers in the, in the playoffs last year went wrong. And basically everything that could have gone right for the Padres up until when they eventually lost in that final series went very well for them. Um, and I'm going to go with my gut and I'm going to take the Dodgers to win the series against the Padres. Yeah, I'm going to go with probably six to seven on that, just because I think with it being only 13 games now, because I think they used to play, you played your division opponent 19 times. So if it was 19, yeah, if it was 19 times, I would give the edge to the Dodgers. I think if you're playing a team 20 times, you, the better team will come out on top 13. It does allow for more craziness. So you got to go seven and six. I think the Dodgers can, but with such a small sample size and the Padres, I think they did get a little better. I think it's going to be tough, but I think whoever takes the season series, Josh, it's either seven to six or it's like eight to five. Like, I think it's very, very close, but I I like that one because that's going to be the thing I like about how they change this the schedule. First off, I, I'm glad that you play every team in you know all across baseball during the season. I think that's fantastic. But I love that it now makes division games that much more important because you only play again, you only play the Padres 13 times. There are six games you're not going to get against them. So every matchup is going to be that much more crucial, which is going to make, you know, each series, which I think there's only going to be four series in total to uh, home and two away. They're going to be that much more important. So I think the Dodgers, although they've dominated them, like you've said in years past, where again, hide the children, don't let them see what the record's been. I think the Dodgers are going to have an extra chip on their shoulder, especially following that postseason loss. So, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, if I had to flip a coin and hope that it's on the Dodgers side, I think it will be. All right. Um, let's go to uh, the next one from from one of the fans that submitted a hot take. It's from Michael Whitman. Um, he says, here's a fun one. Gavin Stone starts a playoff game for the Dodgers. I like, like that one a lot. I like that one a lot. Uh, it, it's I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves with this, but man, I, I'm going to go with like six. I'll go six and a half. I'll go six and a half. So more than five. So I'm kind of leaning towards the more than likely. But, you know, that's that's a tough one. I mean, this is not it's one thing to say, it like starts a regular season game, Josh. But we're talking a playoff game where the postseason wrote a postseason rotation shrinks to essentially four pretty much kind of maybe your three best guys. So I, I'm high on Gavin Stone, but starting a playoff game, that's tough. But the good thing is he has a whole season to prove it. So I'll, I'll go six and a half on that one. This is So basically here's here's where my mind orig- first goes. I don't know how much uh, Michael put into making this, how much time and effort and thought he put into making this take. I mean that with no disrespect. I mean that from a blanket statement. I don't know where this prediction came from. By hearing that prediction, that makes me think he's got the Dodgers, if they're in the wild card, winning the wild card game, at least going to the NLDS or winning the division, going straight to the NLDS. So if that's the case, I like that prediction. But Gavin Stone starting a playoff game for the Dodgers, I see not super likely unless there's injuries, and I don't want to try to predict those. This is the first one I'm going to go below a five. I'm going to say four. I don't hate this. I could see it happen. I just think that there are a few other things that need to happen for this to happen um, more than just him being really good. So I'm going to go with a four, but if it happens, I wouldn't be opposed. Josh, do you want to play a uh, fun game really quick before we move on to our next hot take? 
I love games. All right, this is going to be a game that I'm coming up with on the spot. And uh, so it's not a good sign because I don't even know what the rules are, to be honest. I don't even have a name for the game. So we're just going to play a game with no name. That's actually a great name for the game with no game. But anyway, here we go. Uh, Okay, Josh. So let's say we obviously saw Gavin Stone look really solid this spring. Let's say he comes up for the Dodgers this season, makes six starts, posts an array of two and a half, strikes out 11 per nine, looks really good. But obviously with so many guys, he has to get sent back down. But we saw that six game sample size. Come October, Josh. I'm gonna give you two. I'm gonna give you a Dodger pitcher. I'm gonna give you Galvinson, and you tell me who do you trust more on the mound in a playoff game. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be like Game Seven or anything like that, where it's win or go home. But I'm talking. I'm I'm talking. It's game. I'm I'm talking. It's Game Five. Dodgers are up three one or something like that. So obviously, Julio Urias, he's gonna be there. Clayton Kershaw, he's gonna be there. But Gavin Stone or Noah Syndergaard. I'm just, I'm just confident. We're gonna get, we're gonna get to a. There's a Noah Syndergaard question that I'm gonna read next. I, I'm just confident about Noah Syndergaard this year. So for okay. the, only for that reason, I would say Noah Syndergaard. So the fact that he's allowed like 12 runs in the last two outings and is getting lit up, you're just gonna. I, I just, again, it's only I, been two I two spring outings, so. It's, it's only been two spring outings, but I'm just confident about his longevity this year. Like, yeah. I, I want to see him get an opportunity. I want to see him work with Pryor, and that's why I'm confident. Ask me this question in three weeks, and I could have a completely different answer. Yeah. I just, I just, you know, when they signed Noah Syndergaard, you and I exchanged text messages back and forth that were something like, what the hell? But then <laughs> after thinking about it, you're like, uh, all right. So I, yeah. I, I'm going to say Noah Syndergaard, but just – just for now. That's okay. Just I got I, I got feeling. <laughs> I got one more for you and it's Gavin Stone or Tony Gonsolin. That's another one that's tough because Tony Gonsolin was an all-star last year. I you know what? I'm sorry if I'm being basic here and not giving hot takes, but I'm going to say Tony Gonsolin. That's fine. That's I, okay. I think at that point is when things might to start run out. But um, I'm not totally sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna say Tony for now. That's okay. Again, things things can change, but yeah, I I, I think there's a chance it happens because I don't think there are aside from Kershaw and Julio, I don't think there are guys you can 100% count on in that rotation. But again, that the beauty of this is that's what six months away from happening. So yeah. there's there's plenty of time in between to figure that out. All right. So All I think right. that means it's well, time for a, my hot take, or was that? That's yeah, I think it's time no for one name. of mine. Yeah, no, it's your turn. Oh, yeah. I, I, I re, uh, recapped the game with no name has concluded. All right, Josh, my next one, and this was kind of what I mentioned earlier when you said six Dodger players are going to do this, and I'm thinking, oh, man, he's going to steal mine. But no, I, I do have something different. It's going to be six Dodger players, kind of similar to yours. But, Josh, six Dodger players make the all-star team this season. Cool. And I even went on record, and I'm jotting them down. I have... So I have four that are pretty much, if you are healthy, you should be a lock. In Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, and Julio Urias, who, Josh, this makes no sense to me, but Julio Urias has yet to make an All-Star game in his career, which is just insane to me. So I have him uh, making his first All-Star game. And then I also have Max Muncy and Clayton Kershaw, 
as my two. Again, if you perform the way we expect you to perform, you should be all-stars. And I also have J.D. Martinez and a potential Dodgers reliever, depending on who probably gets more saves as some other options as well. So up to eight, but I, I think the Dodgers can send six to Seattle for the All-Star game this year. Man, that's just a lot, though. That's it a is. Lot. It is. This is the, Josh, this is the caliente sauce that I, w- I went and got out of the drawer for this one. Fine. Well, on that note, I'm going to go three because I don't think it's that many. I think the Dodgers will be one of the teams with the most all-stars there. They could have the most there. I could totally see that. I think it, I think most all-stars is between them and the Padres, especially when the fans get to vote. I think the Padres could have their big four all having mediocre seasons at best, and they could all be there. Like That's just, that's just the name of the game sometimes. Um, so I'm going to take – I'm going to go with a three – I could see them having the most, but not six to eight. All of them. But I don't hate They're them. all all-stars, Josh. They're all Every all-stars. One through nine starting lineup in the all-star game. Yes. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go back to uh, the fan questions. This one comes from Waterboy Grant. This is one that I was excited about and that I teased a few minutes ago. He says, Noah Syndergaard absorbs all the dark wizard magic from Mark Pryor and posts a sub three ERA and a 10 win season for the Dodgers. Yeah, the hot take in itself is fine, but what did it for me was the Noah Syndergaard absorbs all the dark wizard magic for Mark Pryor. Like, that itself made it onto the list. And yeah, again, with Noah Syndergaard, we've talked about him this offseason. I I could see it going both ways. I could see it where he has, he absorbs, Josh, he absorbs all the dark wizard magic, and he has a Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney kind of season, or... It just doesn't, you know, he doesn't absorb it. He just, he can't absorb it. He's trying, but the dark wizard magic is not going into his system. And he just has an okay season, which I I think the Dodgers, honestly, if Syndergaard even has an okay season, I think they're going to be fine with that. I think as long as Noah Syndergaard can stay healthy and give the Dodgers six innings every start on a consistent basis, I think they're fine if he posts an ERA of four. They'll be happy if he posts something better, but I think the Dodgers just want him to eat innings, and I think he will do that for the Dodgers. So I'm going to give this a four because I don't... Actually, yeah, we sub-ERA of three. Uh, I'll keep it a four, yeah, because I think that's going to be tough because I, I have been a little discouraged these last two spring training outings. But the spring train downs before that, he looked really good. So I'll go for it, just under the five kind of midway threshold. That's kind of where I'm at, Blake, because for me, my hesitation is with the sub three ERA. It's not even with the 10 wins. Like, I think, I think he could have a decent season and the team itself can help him win 10 games. I don't have an issue with the 10 wins. For me, it's the sub three ERA. I like the prediction. I think it's a little bit bold to, to lump both of those stats in there. I'm going to go with a four as well, but I'm going to say it's just because of the sub three ERA. I think he could have a, an ERA at four and win 10 games, and that's ex- more than what the Dodgers are asking of him. As long as he's eating innings and giving them maybe yeah. quality starts. like Quality starts, not even the statistic, just, just a blanket statement. Just go give us a decent start. I think yeah. that's all the Dodgers need from him. So if, if he goes four and 10 wins... That's fine with me. So I'll go yeah. with a four as well. I agree. Um, all right, Blake, back to you. You got, uh, let's do, what do you say? We each do one more and then one more from the fans. And then we're going to take a break. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I perfect timing because I, I did just have one more. And uh, it, this is going to be an interesting one as well. I think there are going to be five Dodgers players 
that finish the season with at least eight saves. Wow. So five Dodgers players that finish the season with eight saves. Now, obviously, as of right now, the Dodgers don't plan on going closer by committee. or they, No, they, they plan on going closer by committee. They don't plan on having a locked-in closer. So based on that, that's the reason I think five guys can record eight saves. But I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a, a reality where Evan Phillips and like Daniel Hudson are kind of like the two go-to guys. But Dodgers have a lot of great pieces in their bullpen. So I think five guys, Josh, finish the season with at least eight saves. I like that. I like that. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to give that a seven. That's the highest one I've given you so far. I think I'm going to go with a seven because I do, I, I definitely see Hudson and Phillips taking a bulk of the actual closing, you know, opportunities, but I could see a handful of guys get those, get those chances. Um, and I don't think it's going to be more than eight either. So, you know, you could, or how, how many, you said five, five guys with more than eight. Yeah. Five guys. And I'll, I'll just quickly, I'll just quickly just, again, to make this easy. So I think Evan Phillips, Daniel Hudson, I think those are the two guys that easily should probably crack at least 10. But I think that Bruce Dark Ratterall, he could see an uptick. I think he could potentially reach that number. I think Alex Vessia could potentially reach that number. And I think maybe like a Shelby Miller. I, I think... You know, with the potential the Dodgers see in him, I could see him being a guy that, because he has really high strikeout upside, I mean, he can really get that strikeout per nine to like 13 or 14. I wouldn't be shocked if he sees the ninth inning a lot. So, again, I out of all the hot takes I had today, Josh, this is the one I'm lowest on because five players is a lot. But again, if the Dodgers do kind of rotate a bunch of these guys around... Uh, I think, you know, even Yancey Almonte, he could potentially be a guy that sees eight saves yeah. as well. So it's going to be tough to happen, but I, I could see an, an outcome where a lot of different guys are racking up saves. I think we're going to come back to this discussion just a second when we get to our final question, um, but or our final hot take from the fans. Um, but um, the one that I'll give is um, just straight up, no tie-ins whatsoever. Mookie Betts win NL MVP. Um, you know, we somebody talked about Freddie Freeman earlier. Um, for me, I'm, I'm going Mookie, and I think that last year Mookie was Mookie, um, but not even as good as I think we expect him to be or as he expects him to be. So I think in some way, shape, or form, Mookie has a bounce-back season, um, and paired with him playing outfield and at second base, I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to that. I do think he's going to excel. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be a gold-glove infielder all of a sudden, but I think he's going to be really good, and I think that when we see him in the outfield and at the plate, we see a Mookie bets that we expect to see. Um, and I think that's good enough to win MVP. Yeah, I, I think Mookie can have an MVP season, so I'll give that like a six or a seven. He was great last season. I mean, it was probably like the second or third best season of his career, and it kind of felt like he was underrated a little. So I, I really like that one. Josh, I know we have a couple that we have jotted down. There was honestly just one out of the rest. We don't have to like read because I think there's like five or six more. There was one that I actually did want to share because I really do love this one. So uh, I'm just going to steal this one and take it. And uh, this is from Jerry Jerry, and he puts that Walker Buehler closes out Game 5 of the World Series. And I love this one so much, Josh, because if Walker Buehler comes back in 2023, I think this was something I said last year. I, I, I've, I've talked about this at some point. Maybe it was when Walker Buehler was hurt the prior time, but I've talked about this. And if Walker Buehler comes back, he'll be, he'll be back middle, end of September, he won't be built up to be a starting pitcher. And I think, Josh, if he's back, I think the Dodgers move Walker Buehler to the bullpen. And I do think, not that he'll be like the guaranteed locked-in closer, 
but I, I think the Dodgers can go Julio with him, where they actually use him in the eighth, in the ninth inning as a one-inning weapon kind of a guy. So this one, this is a hot one, Josh, and I'm only I'm going to go with an eight because if the Dodgers are in the World Series and if Walker Buehler is healthy, I think it's a higher chance that he's coming out of the bullpen. And if he's coming out of the bullpen, you're not bringing him in for the sixth or seventh inning, Josh. You're bringing him in for the ninth. So I absolutely love this one, and I'm going with an eight which seems really, really high. It seems a lot higher than it should be, but I like it. I love it too. I'm going to go with a seven, but here's what I want. Walker Bueller makes his first appearance, game five of the World Series to close it out. And if that's the case, that, I'm sorry, Kirk Gibson, but that's, I, I think that's the moment, right? Yeah. That's the Dodgers moment. Haven't seen Walker. Walker I was going to say, haven't seen him all postseason. Haven't seen him. He hasn't been on any roster. And all of a sudden, wait, here oh, here come the bullpen doors swinging open and Walker Buehler's coming out to save it at Dodger Stadium. That, course, that would be course, awesome. That's, that's out there. That That's a prediction I would put at one. But this one, if yeah. he's there, if the Dodgers are there, I see it happening. Um, and I'll go like with it. seven. Um, before we uh, take our quick break, we don't have to go into t- discussion with these, but I do want to read a few more. Um, Shant says that Jason Hayward gets DFA'd by April. I certainly hope that's not the case. Um, yeah. Dodgers 360, CBB Blues, and then Big Richard Nick. They all say, yeah, that's a good name, Nick. Um, but they all say Kershaw is in the Cy Young discussion. I don't know about you, Blake, but I could kind of see that. Maybe not top three, like I said with Julio, but I could see it. Um, and then the Bonesaw says Dustin May is removed from ro- from the rotation and finishes the season as the Dodgers go to closer. So yeah, I, I we got those are the, those are some good ones. A lot of people still are kind of on like the Dustin May as a closer kind of discussion. Where hey, if the Dodgers just have a plethora of starting pitching, he'd be another good option there as well. The Kershaw one is interesting. A lot of people are high on Kershaw this year. I think top three is tough just because yeah. you have to rely on Kershaw staying healthy, which might not be the case. So unfortunately, uh, big Richard Nick, uh, I maybe top eight, but I don't know about top three. And what was the last one? Yeah, Jason Harry gets DFA'd by the end of April. Hopefully that's not the case. But maybe by the middle of the season, if Hayward is just really struggling and we know the Dodgers have a plethora of outfield options, maybe by DFAing him, it opens up a chance for someone else. So April, I think, is a stretch. Like, I don't think that's going to happen. But maybe by the All-Star break, I I don't think that's that uh, outlandish of a take. Yeah, if he's DFA'd by the end of April, then that means he would have needed to go over whatever with all, only strikeouts. I think I yeah. think April's a stretch, but um, yeah. we'll see a little bit later on after that. But um, that's the hot take portion of the show. So put away your your caliente sauce or whatever Blake called it. Um, <laughs> we'll take a break, and when we come back, we're going to go over some of our actual serious kind of Dodgers predictions for 2023. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Break over, hot takes over. It's time for our predictions for the 2023 Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Blake, 
Let's start with a couple of our statistical categories and run through these before we uh, before we get to our overall season prediction for the Dodgers. And let's start with the team's home run leader. Yeah, so we got a couple of statistical leaders that we just want to get through. We're not going to go through every stat like, Josh, who leads the team in triples this year? Who leads the team in <laughs> hit-by-pitches? Like, we won't get too much into that. OPS but plus. We, we do, OP, that'd, that'd be a fun one. We do have two for hitting. We have two for pitching. The first one is home run leader. This one I, I've been kind of going back and forth with all show, Josh, because for me it's between two guys. And I'm going to go with Mookie Betts as the home run leader. Obviously, he had a career high in home runs last season. I believe he has three homers this in a shortened spring. And Josh, I think all three of his hits with the Dodgers this spring are actually home runs. So I'm going to go with Mookie Betts. I'm going to say who I thought would be a close second, just in case you say him. But if you go with Mookie, then I'll, I'll let you know who I had as the uh, other guy that was going to be battling. I was going to go with Mookie. I know he had 35 last year. I think he can get relatively close to that this year. Certainly way more than 20. Um, so I'm also going to say Mookie. And then uh, I was going back and forth with somebody else as well. So let's hear who yours was and then I'll get mine. I'm going full bounce back. I was going to go with Max Muncy. I think he can hit 30 homers <laughs> and I think he can make it close. That's what I was going to say. So I, oh. I, I think he makes it close too. Cause I mean, remember a couple of years ago, he was just hitting a home run, what seemed to be every at bat. Um, but then you actually look at his overall numbers and they just weren't there. Um, so, so I think that this is going to be a full bounce back for Max Muncy. Um, I like it, I'm, but I'm still going to ride with, uh, with Mookie Betts to lead the, the team at home runs. Hey, um, great minds think alike, Josh. Great minds think alike. See, this is where I think you and I are very similar here with these next couple. Um, so let's go with hits leader. Um, this one, for me, I think is an easy one. Um, so, so let's, I don't know, let's hear what you got. Yeah, I think it's an easy one. I, I think, barring injury, it's Freddie Freeman. So, I mean, hey, maybe... Easy is different for you, so we'll just see if you have a different one, maybe. But I don't. No, I picked Mookie to win the MVP, but I I picked Mookie to win MVP, but I'm still taking Freddie Freeman to lead the team in hits. Um, yeah. All right, let's go to ERA, and for this one, I want to set a disclaimer first. We're talking about starting pitchers here, right? Yeah, starting pitchers okay. because we don't want to. I mean, hey, if, you know, we we could go, we could we could do a bullpen one as well, just to make this fun. But yeah, mainly for the most part, we're going starters. But yeah, we'll, we'll, we can add bullpen as well, just to add a little a little to this. So Josh, I'll kick this off. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going against the grain here, maybe a little surprising, but for my ERA leader, I'm actually going to go with Kershaw. I think he has a really solid season, and although Julio's been great in years past, I think maybe he regresses just a little. But I'm talking like Kershaw, he finishes the season with like a 2-6 ERA, and Julio might be right there at like 2-8. But I'm going to go with Kershaw as the ERA leader this season for the Dodgers in year 16. Yeah, you know, I really thought about it back and forth, and I want to pick Kershaw. He's been my favorite player to watch forever, which I think is obviously pretty mainstream, especially for Dodger fans, obviously. Um, but you know what? I'm going to ride the hot hand and I'm not saying that Kershaw's not that, but for me, I'm going with Julio. I, I just, like I said, I haven't, I, I'm saying another top three finish in the Cy Young this year. So, so I'm going to ride with Julio as my, as my ERA leader. Um, what about bullpen? Because I think that that kind of goes into the next question as well for saves leader. Yeah. Bullpen. It's, it's a little interesting. And I think that I'm going to go see with bullpen, uh, with a saves leader and ERA leader, I actually have two different ones. So ERA leader, I'm going to go with the guy who I had finishing second in saves, and that's going to be Evan Phillips. That's where I was going to go. So I'm going to go Evan Phillips for, for ERA out of the bullpen. And, uh, I think that kind of means we're probably going to pick the same guy for saves unless you throw a curveball at me. 
Um, so, so now let's hear your saves leader. I'm going to go with Daniel Hudson. Even though he's starting the season on the injured list, I do think because he does have closer experience, I think the Dodgers may be leaning towards him a little more in regards to like Evan Phillips because I think they want to use Evan Phillips as more of that fireman role where you could bring him on in the 7th or 8th. So I talked about all the different Dodger players having a lot of saves, but I do think Daniel Hudson finishes the season with more saves. Assuming he doesn't come back in like June or something and he's actually able to return like in April that's expected. So if he's back, I'm going to go with Daniel Hudson. We'll put an asterisk next to that because... You know, we go back to last season and we talked about our final postseason roster predictions and all that, and there was the whole Craig Kimbrell discussion. I feel like you and I both said that we wanted Evan Phillips to be the closer coming into the playoffs. Um, And I just, the more and more I think about it for this year, I, I think I want Evan Phillips to be the closer. But I just don't see that happening because of how good he's been and how reliable he's been and how it seems like you can put Evan Phillips in in any situation and he comes in and shuts the door. And I think that that is best suited for him and the Dodgers to be in the seventh or the eighth inning, not in the ninth. So if the Dodgers are committed to kind of being a closed by committee role right here, is Evan Phillips going to make saves? Yes, he's going to record them. He's He's going to be relied on for them. But I don't think he's going to be the leader in saves, which is why yeah. I think it's going to be Daniel Hudson as well. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I'd rather have El Phillip, Evan Phillips. I'd rather have him in the eighth inning facing hitters two, three, and four. And then you give Daniel Hudson the ninth as opposed to, you know, Evan Phillips faces guys seven, eight, nine in the eighth. And then Daniel Hudson faces the top. So Dodgers are going to get creative with it, but I think Daniel Hudson just edges him out. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and then uh, our last little statistical thing here. It doesn't. It's not really a statistical thing. It's more of just an opinion, I guess. Um, but one breakout hitter and one breakout pitcher for this season. Blake, let's start with your hitter. It's tough to really like choose a breakout hitter because we expect every hitter on the Dodgers for the most part to have a really good season. So I'm going to go with Miguel Rojas just because I think, you know, again, another guy we've talked about numerous times this offseason where the Dodgers literally out of Miguel Rojas are expecting him to be a league average hitter. So if he posts an OPS plus of 100, they will take that and be very happy with it. Anything above that, they will be thrilled. And he has looked really good at the plate so far this spring. So Miguel Rojas, I think he has a much better season than a lot of people are expecting, which isn't hard considering he's been like a career 70 to 80 OPS plus hitter. So I think like a 110 OPS plus, I think that's a huge breakout for the Dodgers. And that would be a huge, huge addition to the bottom of their lineup if he's able to do that. Yeah, that's something we talked about when when the Dodgers first signed him and then going into spring training is if he if he is just slightly better than expected, it's an it's a slam dunk addition for the Dodgers. Um, and I could totally see that happening. Um, there were some encouraging signs during spring training. There's been some encouraging signs in the past. And again, the Dodgers are getting for his glove and for what he brings to the team, not necessarily his bat. Um, so if he's halfway decent, I think that's great. Um, I'm going to go with one of the rookies and follow up on kind of what you said earlier for your rookie of the year prediction. I'm going to go with Miguel Vargas um, because I like what he brings. Uh, I think that more consistent ABs are going to do wonders for him too, um, especially when he's allowed to swing the bat. Um, so, so I'm going to go with Miguel Vargas because I think he's going to play a vital role on this team. And I think it's would. I don't want to compare this to somebody else, but I think that he could have a Corey Seager, Cody Bellinger type impact on this team. Not saying he's going to be, I I agree with what you said earlier, but I'm not going to say 
chalk this guy up as my winner for rookie of the year, chalk this guy up for being a, you know, a playoff MVP, whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not going to predict that. Um, but I do think that he could have that type of impact and be one of those young rookies getting his first full season. That is extremely reliable for the Dodgers more than no offense, but, uh, Kyle farmer or, uh, or a Zach McKinstry who was so just unbelievably sick for like a couple of months and then eventually settled into a more consistently average kind of role. I, th- I think that he's going to be a really good player for the Dodgers moving forward. Uh, yeah. And uh, I agree. Yeah. Um, so, all right, pitcher. I, I right, think pitcher. I know where this is going, but. See, I, maybe you do. Maybe you don't, because uh, I got one when I when, when I immediately thought breakout. This was the name that came to mind. I mentioned him earlier, very briefly, but it's Shelby Miller. Just because uh, a lot of people, when the Dodgers made the signing, me included, questioned what the Dodgers were doing because his big league numbers over the last like six, seven years have been horrible. But the Dodgers see something that we don't. We've seen glimpses this spring of how good he can be. So I think Shelby Miller could be a really, really special piece in the Dodgers bullpen uh, this season. So he's my pick. Yeah, I I did not see that coming. My first thought was just because I feel like people haven't talked about him nearly enough, but I think that you know, looking back at some of the numbers and stuff, I feel like last year was actually his breakout year, and that's Yency Almonte, because um, I do think that he's going to play a vital role for the Dodgers this year um, coming out of the bullpen. But he uh, had an ERA at 1.02 in 33 games last year, so I don't think I'm going to pick him for a breakout pitcher this year. Um, so I'll go, I'll go back with not necessarily something that's chalk, but somebody that we talk about quite a bit. And I'm going to say Ryan Pepio. Um, I think that he is exactly what the Dodgers need this year. I think he's going to start well for the Dodgers as a starting pitcher. And then I think if the time comes that he is relegated to a different role coming out of the bullpen, I think that he'll excel in that role. Um, and, and he's a player that I'm excited to see moving forward and obviously friend of the program. So um, hopefully maybe around the midway point of the season, we can get him back in um, back on the show and talk to him again. But um, yeah, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to have to go with, with Ryan Pepio. Pepio's a good one because there's a chance that once he's done in the start and rotation, once Gonsolin comes back, he kind of fills in that Andre Jackson kind of role that he has right now where exactly. he still remains with the team. And he's kind of like that Ross Stripling or Mitch White kind of guy where you have him available to go two, three, four innings out of the bullpen. So yeah, I, I think that again, not necessarily he's going to be a starter the whole season, but he can have a role, you know, from start to finish. So I, I like Pepio. Again, we've talked about this. If he gets the walks down, he's going to be a really good pitcher. And this spring, he's gotten the walks down, so he's looked yeah. really solid. So I really like that as well. So, Josh, for our final two, um, I think I'm just going to lump them together just because it's kind of essentially the same thing. So I'll go first, and then I'll let you uh, close it out for our record prediction and then our season prediction. I'm going to stay right on point with what I said earlier in the show, how I think the Dodgers win 100 games, and I'm going to cap it at that. I think they go 162. I think they're going to reach that 100-win mark and say, all right, we're good. We'll do it for Blake right there. Season prediction, I still think this is the the Dodgers' division to lose. I think they win the division. I think it's close against the Padres. I think the Dodgers win 100 games. I think the Padres win 96. So the Dodgers finish four games up on the Padres. And let's just, you know, for the sake of this show... 
The Dodgers go on a playoff run. They win the World Series. I still think they have the talent. I still think this is one of the three or four best teams in all of baseball. And I think that, you know, not being the heads-on favorite uh, this season for the Dodgers might actually benefit them in the long run. I think having so many expectations last season really hurt them, really crushed them. And I think having kind of a different feel with the team this year, a lot more young guys, I think it benefits the Dodgers. So I think that they can win it all this season and take home the World Series. But I will say, Josh, I do have them at least going farther than they did last season. I do think that they at least reach the NLCS this season in 2023. That's actually something that I wrote down for my hot takes and deleted because I didn't think that it was going to be a hot take between you and me. Um, I think that that's a hot take if you were to give that to somebody else who's writing a baseball blog. But again, you and I have kind of disagreed with that all the time. And the reason why I like your prediction is exactly what you said. There's no pressure at this point. Next year, I think people have plans in mind for the Dodgers next year. I think the Dodgers already have plans for next year, personally. Next year's different. This year, with the focus being on the Padres out of the NL West, with the focus being on other teams in baseball this year, I think the Dodgers are constantly kind of coming in. If you're, if you're looking at preseason power rankings, it seems like the Dodgers are at highest five, right? Depending on where you look. But I think a lot of people are picking the Dodgers fifth in the power rankings going in. They're going to be one of the best teams in baseball, but what does that mean? For me, I'm going to go 97 and 65. I'm not going to say 100 wins, but, and I've battled back and forth on this a lot, and I think what you've said about the Dodgers winning the division is why I'm taking the Dodgers to win the division, and that's, at this point, kind of proved me wrong. Like, I'll see it until I, I'll believe it until I don't see it. And that's the fact that the only time the Dodgers haven't won the division in the last nine, 10 years was a year that they still won 106 games. Um, and that was a year where the Giants, I, I, st- I still don't know what happened. I still can't figure it out. But I'm, I'm going to take the Dodgers to win the division by one game. I think the Dodgers went oh, 97 and 65. I think the Padres are 96 and 66. Um, I think it's that close. Um, I at one point was going to give the edge to the Padres um, after saying that the Dodgers win the season series with them. But again, you know, prove me wrong at this point. Um, I think the Dodgers have the lineup to do it. I think they lost a lot. I think some of those subtractions will end up working out better for them and for the players that left. Um, but I'm, I'm going, I'm going 97 and 65. I think they win the NL West by a game. And I certainly think they go on a deeper postseason run than last year. That was going to be a hot take for me, but I don't know if it really is. Um, I think that they go again. I think no pressure is exactly what they need. Um, and I'll say that the Dodgers go at least to the NLCS. Plus it's no fun to say they're going to get bounced in the wild card round. That's yeah, no fun. No, the Dodgers actually <laughs> win 65 games this year. Yes. And don't make the playoffs. Yeah. yeah, they win 83 games, finishes wildcard team three, and they get bounced. Yeah, and you know what? I will <laughs> add this as well. I'm not saying that um, you and I are going to be exactly correct on these predictions, um, but the odds of that uh, are pretty high considering we were a perfect 26 for 26 on our opening day roster predictions. Yes. I had people texting me what their predictions were, and you and I were 26 for 26. So if you're listening – just give us a round of applause. Stand yeah. on your chair and clap is what yes. I would do. But 
if you don't want to, that's fine. But what you can do Agree. is you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Inside the Ravine. Um, subscribe to Inside the Ravine wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever. Um, we're also on YouTube. And again, just look up Inside the Ravine. As always, we are presented with by Odyssey Sports. Um, and opening day, opening night, Blake. Thursday yeah. night at Dodger Stadium. The Dodgers play ten, eight of their first ten games against the Arizona Diamondbacks. So a lot of the snacks to start the year. Um, and hopefully that that goes well for the Dodgers. Let's start the season hot, win some games, and uh, get some actual episodes where we can actually talk Dodger baseball. Because, Josh, we started the show, like, early, mid-September, and then the Dodgers got bounced. So for majority of, you know, the time we've been doing this podcast, there have not been games. So let's actually talk some games for once. Yep. Remember, like, share, and subscribe to the podcast at Inside the Ravine. We're on all those social channels. Blake is at Blake H. Harris on Twitter. I'm at Josh Schaefer25. And that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Inside the Ravine. Opening night is Thursday. We will see you on the other side and finally get some more baseball at Chavez Ravine. So have a great rest of your week. Enjoy opening night on Thursday, wherever you may be.